Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode in our podcast series, Beyond Markets. My name is Perlin Wong, and I'm Head of Investment Promotion and Solutions Asia. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by my female colleagues, Elaine Nim, Head Advisory Singapore, and Sylvia Wegman, Head of Sustainable Investment Solutions, for this International Women's Day special episode entitled, Break the Bias. Hello, Elaine and Sylvia. Hello, Perlin. Hello, Perlin. As two successful female leaders in the finance industry, I really wanted to learn more about what brought you here to this point. A good place, I think, to start would be your growing up years. What did you want to be when you grew up? Why? What options seemed open or close to you? It wasn't something I thought about much. I think back in the 80s, the ambition that many Asian families had for their children was for them to have a stable office job only. In my home country, where I was an ethnic minority, education was their first consideration. My parents made a bold decision to send me to Singapore at the age of 13 for my secondary studies. I still remembered what they said when we parted, that studying in Singapore would allow me to become an accountant. I guess my parents knew early on that I wasn't cut out to be a doctor. Actually, I had no clear vision what I wanted to be. I remember there was a time when I wanted to become a fashion designer. And actually, I still like fashion today. And later on, a lawyer, because I have a strong sense of justice. Both were quite different, I know, although the lawyer mission was certainly closer to reality. There are, of course, cultural differences when it comes to gender beliefs and gender roles. For example, many Asian cultures have shared expectations regarding gender roles, the value of girls and women at home and in society. Elaine, how have your cultural and family influences affected you personally? My parents' decision to send me away for education, especially at that age, was not a common move. To a certain extent, as a result, they also had less of an influence in my life since I was independent from that young age. But that decision has opened many doors and opportunities for me and made me extremely self-reliant. Their only mantra is to be prudent and manage money responsibly. Maybe that's how I ended up in fixed income space for more than 20 years. And Sylvia, what about you? I grew up in an environment where women took care of household and the children, while the men brought home the money. However, my family was slightly different as my parents run a business together. My mother took care of the financial side of the things, while my father managed the operations and the employees. So in retrospect, that could be why I always took it for granted here that I needed to develop professionally. Well, let's now switch gears to talk about your careers and your leadership styles. What was your career path like, Elaine? What were your struggles? What were your triumphs? Were there any trade-offs that you had to make? I was very lucky to get offered a job in the U.S. Investment Bank in 1997. Experiencing the Asian crisis in a male-dominated trading room was a huge learning experience for me. Thereafter, I requested for a role in London for experience 
and I spent some time there. Subsequently, personal circumstances took me to Hong Kong where my private banking career began. When I felt ready to come back to Singapore, again, I requested for a transfer. To be honest, I've never given much thoughts to trade-offs. I enjoyed each opportunity and experience that came my way. It is difficult to quantify triumphs and struggles since they come in many forms and are part of life. What I've learned throughout my career is not to sweat the small stuff, focus on what is in my control and do what I can as well. For me, I discovered that I was very interested in markets and economics when I was growing up. I became even more interested after learning how businesses were run and the many innovations actually come through these businesses. I was a relationship manager for a while, but I soon found the job kept me too far away from markets. And so I switched to managing funds at the Swiss Pension Fund Foundation before ending up as a portfolio manager here at Julius Baer. And this was 20 years ago. This was perfect for me as I liked the combination or still like the combination of managing money and meeting clients. It wasn't until I started working on sustainability that I had trouble getting accepted as a serious investment topic. Many of my colleagues were amused that I was advocating something that seemed to them so irrational. The trade-offs were, at least to me, that while my career path had started so nicely, it had come to a plateau. I thought to myself that there would be no more promotions or nice bonuses as compared to my male colleagues. <laughs> but that didn't happen, right, Sylvia? No, after all, it <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Elaine and Sylvia, you were both women in leadership positions managing teams in your respective areas. Let me ask you honestly, as a woman in leadership, have you felt any positive or negative biases at work? Actually, neither. At least nothing directly noticeable. Although there might have been some whispers, probably not because of my gender per se, but about the topic of sustainability that I stood up for. How was it for you, Ellen? No, I don't think I experienced any negative biasness at work as well. Although maybe it could just be that I'm too oblivious. Seriously though, I have never felt gender bias at work, not even as a junior in a room surrounded by screaming male traders in my young days. Socially, I did have some encounters, receiving differentiated treatment as a female passenger in a Middle Eastern airline and also being ignored on arrival in a hotel in the US years ago. Former U.S. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright has said in a now famous quote, there is a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. To paraphrase her, do you believe there is a special place in heaven for women who support other women? And do you, Elaine, practice it in a management capacity? Well, I definitely support and participate in JB's Women Mentoring Program as a mentor but I also embrace and enjoy diversity in all aspects. As a manager, I assess and I support each individual according to his or her merits and needs, be they senior or junior, men or women. And Sylvia, what is your view on this quote? There is certainly a place in heaven for all of us. <laughs> but coming back to your question, for me, it's a great importance to support women in their professional careers. I think it is time that women, regardless of their profession, have equal opportunities and that any prejudice that still exists can be eliminated. And by the way, the majority of my team consists of women. 
What advice would you give to girls and women starting out on their careers? I would say be professional, be open-minded, and anything is possible if we ask. I think it's not an easy question because each of us are individuals and we must seek our own individual path. But as a general advice, stay true to yourself. Don't take on the role of someone else and believe in yourself. If someone were to ask you, how is it like to work with Elaine? How is it like to work with Sylvia? What would you say to them? I've been told by a team member that I have a mother hen style. <laughs> Jokes aside, despite the challenging work situation, especially in the last two years due to the pandemic, I have tried to keep the lines of communication as open as possible. While I may not have the solution to everything, I have tried to give them the opportunity, hopefully, to release some pent-up frustrations. Silva, what about you? You should ask my colleagues about that. <laughs> I think that I'm more of a colleague than a boss. I am not someone who likes to give orders because I assume that everyone knows what their job requires them to do. But I also know, on the other hand, that I have very high expectations of myself and thus sometimes expect too much from my employees. Now let's turn to the topic of investing. Sylvia and Elaine, in your roles in investment management and investment advisory respectively, have you observed any investing differences between men and women? For example, do women tend to be more risk-averse or risk-tolerant? Do you see any difference in their asset allocations? I would say yes and no. <laughs> I think perhaps male colleagues may be a little more rational. However, in my view, risk-taking is very individual and not specifically male or female. Although perhaps women may think more longer term, as does actually take less risks in the short term. I would agree, Sylvia. Broadly speaking, there is not much of a difference. Most clients, regardless of gender, make investment decisions based on a wide range of factors. Their past experiences, home biasness, investment objectives, they overall play a bigger role than gender differences. One very small difference that I have observed personally is that women tend to be more patient and willing to sit through a lengthy hmm. discussion. One more question for you on this topic. Elaine, do the women still tend to pass on financial planning and investing matters to their male partners, or is this more of a stereotype today? Not based on my experience. In fact, I've seen quite a few instances where women play a dominant role in these areas. There are some instances, of course, where women were less financial savvy, but however, they were still consulted at a higher level. I know many women who are happy to take matters into their own hands because they have worked for it. For all the generations, this might have happened more since the men were the breadwinners and controlled the finances too. This was probably because their wives took care of the house and children and didn't earn any money of their own. But definitely today, it's different. You may have heard that the economic fallout on women has been much heavier during this pandemic than men. Earning the recession that followed the term she-session, this was mainly due to the overrepresentation of women in sectors worst affected by COVID and the high proportion of additional childcare and housework responsibilities shouldered by women versus men. Have you seen any changes in the way our clients and especially women clients have been thinking about their financial goals due to the pandemic? In fact, Perlin, 
The OECD has also produced a policy framework for gender-sensitive public governance in September 2021, addressing this. Beyond the government's role in this, I have witnessed a few entrepreneurial clients supporting the pandemic-hit workforce in their own little ways, like wage and healthcare subsidy. But more so, at an individual level, the pandemic seemed to have accelerated wealth planning needs, as shared by one of my colleagues. They were more forthcoming in articulating their goals and putting a structure in place. Would you have a similar type of experience, Sylvia? Yes, I think that this is certainly also due to the fact that clients who have decided to invest sustainably, which I'm actually focusing on during the day and my job, are not only interested in financial performance, but also in the indirect impact on social and environmental issues, which is why they have stock to their investments. So it's great you mentioned ESG, which is the next topic I want to kind of pick your brains on. ESG, which is also known as environmental, social, and governance. There was a McKinsey report quite recently of over 360 global companies, which revealed that companies ranked in the top 25th percentile for gender diversity were more likely, in fact, 15% more likely to outperform their competitors. What have you been hearing from our clients, Elaine, about the importance of ESG for them? Within the ESG context, Consideration isn't just about gender diversity alone. The broader topic on human capital analysis as the next frontier of ESG investing has also been a talking point among some clients. Concretely though, they are more interested in sustainable investments and the governance aspect could also be due to the quantitative aspect of ESG investments to them. I think Sylvia would have a bit more to add to this. As Pernin, you already mentioned, ESG has many aspects. The three letters stand for environment, social, and governance. Certainly, gender diversity is an important issue for women interested in sustainable investing. However, this would not be the only reason why women want to invest sustainably. Other social concerns, such as social inequalities generally, or child labor, modern slavery, are at least as important. Environmental issues are also very central because we are all affected by them. So that's what I actually can see within my women clients being really specialized on ESG at our bank here. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, Elaine, for the open and honest conversation about both your personal and your professional lives. I have to say you've both had great successes in your careers through a combination of your hard work and the opportunities presented to you. You're also great role models for young women starting out on their careers. We've been fortunate, um, all three of us, I would say we have access to education, family, social support, opportunities at work, and did not experience, from what I can tell, significant bias. International Women's Day is about celebrating our achievements as women, but also remembering that we have some ways to go to reach a world free of bias, free of discrimination, and free of stereotypes. Hence the hashtag for IWD this year, which is Break the Bias. There are many women and girls who continue to face bias in many forms on a daily basis, and the pandemic has not helped. So how can we help? There are many ways that we can contribute as individuals. For example, we could participate in local charities, we could support women-run businesses, we could call out biases, or just show appreciation and empathy to our friends, our colleagues, or family members. 
I hope and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And on behalf of all of us at Julius Bear, we would like to wish all our listeners happy International Women's Day. Thank you for tuning in and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Bear. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Bear, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.